Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas, for the Playmakers. That's no fun. We have breaking news to start the second hour of the Playmakers. We're bringing the fireworks right from the start. Lindsey Brown and Ross Mahoney hanging until 5 p.m. The Gold Knights are actually just about to start their game. They're in New Jersey. Yes, they do have to spend the night in Newark. They will be fine. But apparently, according to Jesse Granger, Shea Theodore is a late scratch tonight. So Dylan Coughlin will play with Ben Hutton in his place. As we all know, Shea Theodore is our... Second pair defenseman, spends time on the power play, wristers for your sisters. Got a goal the other night against Boston. Absolutely, actually, uh, on a hustle play at that as well. Um, and so he's he's clearly banged up in a, in a late-time uh, scratch. So I'm sure the next man up mentality will serve that team well, but that's a big name to uh, to miss on this roster. But luckily, the the New Jersey Devils aren't the the sharpest tool in the shed when it comes to talent at this current juncture. But effort still has to be there. Execution still has to be there. And we'll get back into the hockey talk uh, in like 20 minutes or so because we have footy at footy football to start the top of this hour as we always do. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the second wave of Steph Curry's influence, essentially, because there's obviously a lot of chatter about him across this week as he broke the record just a couple of nights ago. But we got some numbers on uh, basically pull-up shooting in the NBA and when you have uh, uh, an outlier that sets a trend, then it has to swing back the other way, right? But it doesn't mean you don't keep the lessons that you learned along that way. So that quick release will be something that we get into at the end of this hour. Rossi, anything to uh, to add? I'm ready to talk football. Oh, hell yeah, you are. Let's run this sucker. Oh, we're not even going to get deep into this part because we're going to save that for the football. All right. The Jacksonville Jaguars are done with Urban Meyer. Only about 18,000 days and $10,000 short. Doesn't even make it through the first year as five-year contract, Rossi. They are clearly done. But are we, the metaphorical we, done with Urban Meyer? Uh, I don't think so, and I'll tell you why in a second. But he definitely got the Bobby Petrino treatment. Mm -hmm. He's out. He um, is out. And I saw a list of like the shortest coaching tenures of the NFL. Yep. It's never going to be Bill Belichick because one day as the Jets coach. Right. But Lou Holtz. When Lou Holtz is up there, that's yeah. when you know it's a real deep record. Uh, I don't think we're done with Urban Meyer because people, and especially in the sports world, they kind of like some train wrecks. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's Well, we been... love winners. This right. is o- This is technically the only blemish 
other than all the extracurriculars that nobody held him accountable for as a leader before. He's always been successful. Yep. He's great on television. He's a personality. Um, and now I think people don't like him. And who doesn't love a villain at this point? I, I, who, Does he why? get back on television? Do you think TV brings him back? That's uh, the thing. Because there's, there's the coaching part. There's the pro versus college. And then there's the everything else. Because he's pretty toxic right now. He's about as toxic as one, as one could be after, quote unquote, one instance. We're just grouping it all together. Like I said, his resume leading up to this. We know about who he recruited. We know about what's gone in the pro- gone on in the programs. But shockingly, he hasn't been held accountable for any of those actions or lack thereof. Well, either that or he's skated out before right. they actually, you know, come to fruition. Exactly. So yeah, he's been very successful in college. And if you're, you know, you're a booster. Especially these days. Yeah. Winning is what matters the most. So mm-hmm. why not uh somebody take a chance on him, tell him to be quiet for a season, keep mm-hmm. his nose clean for a season. And uh, I think all will be forgotten when it comes to Urban Meyer because winning, winning disguises everything. Everything. And, and the th- same thing with, with the television thing. If he stays if he stays under the radar for a little while and there's no more incidents, at some point someone will give him a chance. <sighs> I don't know about the TV part. I'm not sure. Once the bar video came out, but then again, we've excused worse people for lesser things too. Absolutely. So I, I guess the moral of the story is, no, we're probably not done, no. even though he's shown us exactly who he is several times and exactly what he's capable of, which is not being a great leader, belittling those around him and uh, just making it tough for people to exist. I mean, who wouldn't want that to be at the helm of their organization? Just bad decision after bad decision. Right. And so it's it almost it's almost like the person who's taking aim at the decisions isn't aiming right. Maybe it's not that he's mishandling the situations or they change or it's just the wrong decision. You're just not reading it right. And so... Uh, it's, it, I always, it's, it's conflicting when you have these instances because you want there to be an example of what not to do, but then you feel bad for the people that have been pushed by the, by the wayside or taken advantage of, or, or have suffered consequences due to examples like Mm -hmm. this. And so you would just hope that we would learn from it. But again, I don't, I'm not going to hold my breath on that. Um, a little bit of a, uh, a deeper question. Because as we're talking about Urban getting let go and um, the impact that the head coaching position has on the quarterbacks. If you're a young quarterback, do you think it's better to have an offensively minded head coach or a defensively minded head coach? Because you can have the guy who is directly uh, built to work with you perfectly, but then what if uh, things go wrong? Then you have a shorter leash to be able to deal with things or maybe defensively, uh, they, that's what they do, or they have a, or they have the coordinators with all the power. But then the coordinators are going to leave because yeah. they're going to get tapped for another big job. Like c- continuity versus longevity. Well, you think about you have a quarterback like Trevor Lawrence, and the, all the rumors are, well, you got to you got to pair him up with an offensive mind, somebody who can help develop him. A Josh McDaniels, look what Josh has done with Mac Jones this year. Mm-hmm. A Byron Leftwich, uh, Eric Bieniemy, who we talked about yesterday. Those are some of the offensive minds that people are mentioning. Uh, Both coordinators, yeah, coordinators, yeah, and 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 same thing with Daryl Daryl Bevel. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's had some success as an offensive coordinator in this league. But something I've heard, you know, come out of Tom Brady's mouth at some point, he said Belichick never taught him about offense. Right. Belichick taught him defense. Right. Because that's what to, it, that's what his bread and butter is. Right. Taught him how to read the defense. Right. Exactly. So there's that that tool. And then you also think about, well, if I'm head coach, then I'm in charge of more 
than I would be as a coordinator position. So even if like Bill was an offensive guy, he still has to direct his attention and deviate and, and allocate it to other places. And so that's where I'm like, it's a it's a really uh, layered question that would be specific to each person that, that we're talking about coach and quarterback because there's just so many different options in which it could embolden your guy or tear him down. I think sometimes in, in the case, you know, you have to – you have to take into consideration it's a case-by-case situation because yeah. I think that some quarterbacks can mentally mm-hmm. absorb it. They're, they're smart enough to know, you know, you have someone like uh, a Tom Brady or a Peyton Manning. These and smart that want guys. a relationship, a collaborative relationship with their coach because not everybody plays their best with that relationship either. Right. Some people need to be more hands-off. Or you have someone like a Jamarcus Russell who they, <laughs> they gave, oh boy. you know, they gave – the playbook too, and he never opened it, or or right. someone like you know, even even Cam Newton to a point. The, the but like rumors... Jim Harbaugh and or, or not Jim, John Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson. Okay, right? Because John, John Harbaugh, yeah, John, yeah, exactly. He's he's defensive guy, right? Yeah, he's been a defensive so, guy. So and Lamar was picked thirty second, mm-hmm. right? And it, it, it's part of the legend, and it's it's not a, a story unique to him about everybody. Well, he's a receiver, he's an athlete. We're going to change him. He's not a quarterback. Yeah, everyone's trying to change right. his position. Sometimes it's good to not have the full-blown immersion experience yourself and because if that were true, why isn't John Elway, when he was picking the quarterbacks for, for the Denver Broncos, why did he have so, so much trouble, right? Sometimes it's good to be removed because you're like, I don't know what's going on with him, but I know that I see something special. Yeah. And so I'm not going to question it. I'm going to believe in it. And you have to have, you have, to have conviction in that too, but – with Lamar, I, I think, first of all, you have to have a special coach to to pick him where he was and have the vision to see what, what he truly is because in many other realities, he never gets the chance. But in terms to, to discover what he is capable of and not trying to form him to an offense because when you have that power, and this is the offense, this is what we're going to run, here's our here's our power, we're, we're a running type of team. Like, there isn't that delegation or the handing off or just saying I don't I'm not the premier uh expert on this yeah because you have to be given that freedom too for him to discover what he is in that rookie season yeah well he's obviously a freak athlete too and, right. and they think that well he's a playmaker he's gonna find a way to to right to matriculate the ball downfield some way or another and and uh it's gonna work out but that doesn't always happen and you could you could detriment a player's career you know mm-hmm. you, you see all these quarterbacks all the time where you see someone you're like man they they had so much potential coming into the league especially off of college Mm -hmm. and you wanted them to do really well and you go well they've had four different offensive coordinators in five seasons yep they can never get a system right right you know alex smith was was a was absolutely great example you know he he, everywhere he went you know they kept changing they they moved the goalposts on him almost Mm -hmm. well and he was having such a fantastic season that year and then he gets a concussion has to sit out and then Kaepernick hops in and then it's never his job again. And yeah. granted he had, a, he had a great tenure in Kansas city. It worked out super well for, a for a lot of people. So, and then... Um, but it, I, I wonder about that too, of just like the, the ultimate, what if, like you said, if it's, if it's the coordinators, if it's, they gave him some, some space to breathe initially and then there wasn't success. Like what if Lamar Jackson doesn't have as much success early on in that season? Do they dial him back? Do they make him go back a little bit in the box? And then, yeah. you know, if he has success in the box too, well then, you can be good at that, but it's a deviation from your from your your best self. But do do they make him sit back behind Flacco again? Right. You know exactly. Is Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers if he didn't have to sit for a couple seasons behind Brett Favre? Right. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. There is there is a lot of you know Bel- one thing Belichick always talks about is 
He says there's a giant step from a first-year player to a second-year player, more so than someone coming into the NFL. And so much of it is just learning how to conduct yourself in a professional manner. Like, what time do you show up? Then we go this place, and then we go this place. How much time do I spend studying? Do I have this much time for video games or not? Like, it's it's that yeah. alone. I mean, we talk about that transition from high school to college all the time with student-athletes, and there's so much more support for that transition for students and student athletes because yeah. it's such a big step. But obviously that professional, that's a completely different thing. Once we're talking about profit margins and stuff, we're not giving you anything that uh, that could take away from us, but you can provide it for yourself. Well, you look at that. Who's who's teaching Trevor Lawrence how to be a pro? Who's teaching right. Justin Fields? Well, we how just to be start a pro? teaching at age five now. Then we then we don't we realize <laughs> that we don't want to add more positions into the economy. We've we've streamlined that, so we'll just start teaching these kids to be professionals at age five. And again, not to be too patriot centric, but you know you, you feel comfortable with Mac Jones because. Matt Jones is coming into a system. He came out of college where he worked with, you know, Nick Saban, arguably the and greatest. And their best friends, him and Bill Belichick. And Bill Belichick. So you know exactly so you how know, to communicate everything. You know exactly what system mm-hmm. you're going into. And he's basically in the system that Brady had. He has a great offensive coordinator that will work with him that's seen it all, yep. Josh McDaniels. And he's got a defensive-minded head coach who can teach him the defense. And most importantly, he's smart. He's going to be taught how to be a professional. You don't almost don't have to worry about him. You know, you know it's going to work out. Maybe he may may not have the greatest career ever. He may not be the next Tom Brady, mm-hmm. but he's going to be successful because they're giving him the tools to win. Who's doing that for Trevor Lawrence? Who's doing that for Justin Fields? Who's doing that for Trey Lance? Mm-hmm. I've decided that it's better to have a defensive court. Coach. I think so too, um, because also your decision making is impacted. Um, based off of your job security too. We talk about moves and draft uh, picks uh, that GMs make just because they might be on the hot seat and how that changes everything. That changes the trajectory of a, of a organization that they probably won't be a part of going forward. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the removal and then the trusting of somebody else's read and just the delegation of the development is the right way to go. Now to flip the script, does it work for a defense to have an offensive minded head coach? Sean McVay, right? Yeah. He's he's the he's an offensive minded mm-hmm. you know, they call him the kid genius, and he's an offensive minded coach for the LA Rams. Well the defense is mm-hmm. killing it for the Rams. They've got Aaron Donald and they've got these great players. And is that because I feel like defense now, that is so much more player-driven, like the calls and everything. And I feel like on the offense, we're moving towards more of the, we look to the sidelines for every call. Like there's not, there there are fewer quarterbacks that are given the amount of freedom that Tom is. Because first of all, not a, not as many of them get the opportunity to prove that they have this mind. And then obviously the, the singularity of his mind, but defense you're responding, you're reacting. And so naturally you just kind of have to go more of an improv way. And so you're dependent on those guys with the green stickers on their head out there, the linebackers and and the safeties that are, that are setting the coverages and stuff. And so maybe it doesn't matter as much on that side. Well, plus it's, it's easy to say to a defensive player, go attack. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's get off, get off at the right count and then, and then get to your man and get to your spot. But maybe having an offensive minded head coach could be like, Hey, look for this little tick from the quarterback or look mm-hmm. for this sign or this, you know, this tell right. from someone, you know, an offensive lineman may, you know, the, he, he might know what to look for. An offensive lineman may have a certain tell right. that can tell when they're going to run the ball as opposed to when they're going to throw. I think the mark of a good coach is knowing when to let go and have your hands off too, because there's there, if there's an offensive coach, you're going to have them, him focused on the offensive side of the ball more. And sometimes that's better for defense is just, you let them work it out themselves versus having a coach more on top of them an inter- intervention point. If you watch a Patriots game more often than not, uh, when when the offense is on the field, 
Belichick is on the sideline addressing the team mm-hmm. uh, on the bench. He's right. not even paying attention exactly. to what's going on. Exactly. He knows that Josh McDaniels has that covered. Exactly. And meanwhile, he doesn't have a defensive coordinator. It's his son, We all Steve know Belichick. that we act differently when mom and dad are on versus <laughs> how we are at school. And so it's just like that. that's there's these little these little uh, uh, seams where that's where you learn how to exist as yourself rather than uh, yourself as an individual rather than just a teammate in the system, too. Mm-hmm. And so good stuff there, Rossi. Uh, I was watching... Um, or starting to binge a little bit of the, the hard knocks midseason episodes that they're doing with the, with the Colts. And um, while I've learned that there is clearly something in the water in Indianapolis where if you're having a baby, it's going to be a girl. Um, <laughs> that It's like five of them. Yeah. Jonathan Taylor, who um, I'm familiar with during his time at, at Wisconsin, all that guy does is chomp up yards with, with guys hanging on top of him. Yeah. After contact, goal line. And He's humble. the exact guy that I would go to. And yeah. humble. Yeah, they're showing clips of him and, and and the talking heads just praising him about how good he is, and he's just like straight faced. Yeah, it doesn't. Just care. like looking at people, just like yeah, what up? You know, I've often wondered why they didn't do this sooner, and and I think I tweeted even before I ever found out that they were doing it this year. I said I want to see an in season hard knocks. Like yeah, the preseason stuff's great, but it's I wanna, completely I want different. Do a full season with a team, fifty three man versus the having everybody with the cuts, and it's just a, it's a, a completely different experience, and obviously it'll it'll be a great kind of chapter to look back on once the season is done so you can see you know if indianapolis is able to get things done or if that win matters as much to them or if that loss that they that they handed buffalo was as detrimental and stuff like that it's it's a great show as long as they have the right personalities and that they they have uh just good content to to focus on and so far uh it's not too bad i love the show i i you know the thing is there's certain rules when it comes to which teams can participate yeah and if you're a playoff team you can deny it yeah or if you're uh you had coach in the coach. last two years you don't have to do it yeah like belichick yep. was will never do it no no it's it's unfortunate and the vikings are always like just just enough exempt because it's every other year they make the playoffs right. they never actually go anywhere but Ultimately, it is nice to get those behind-the-scenes look and just open up the heads of some of these players because you just don't see it. You don't hear it. They're different when we're watching them on the on the screen versus uh, listening to them talk or just exist otherwise. And we will have a chance to do that in a hockey sense in just a few minutes because uh, the first period is underway. The Golden Knights and New Jersey Devils. Devils have already scored, so that fast start hasn't happened. But we'll see what my brain cooks up next on the other side of the break. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. There is a steady stream of bodies going directly to the penalty box. Golden Knights, New Jersey Devils underway in the first period. Lindsey Brown is the voice you hear now. Ross Mahoney is the voice you will hear at some point during this segment, but I tend to go <laughs> a little bit long in the wind when it comes to the, the hockey segments, and uh, we're just kind of conversating you're, as this goes on live but you're the hockey expert and i'm i'm still uh very green when it comes to my knowledge of hockey i do love it i love watching it but i'm still very green it's just not off to a great start so far for the it's all good it, the the best way to learn about what's going on is is through osmosis is just hanging out with the hockey talkers and sometimes that means you don't talk you just listen i used to do that all the time after my my training sessions at, at stauber's goal crease back in minnesota it was one of the first goalie specific training facilities uh, really anywhere, uh, but has now uh, been a flagship for, for many others and produced goalies much better than I ever turned out. But Golden Knights uh, are down one to nothing, about uh, 10 minutes left in that first period, five on three opportunity right now, about 27 seconds left. And 
they've had the puck escape the zone off the face off a couple of times. So that just shows you how in sync we are with our with our game to start here. But that's why you want to want to get on the scoreboard first, or at least uh, prevent the other team from doing so as long as possible. Because as soon as that first mark is made, whatever side that you're on it's not about settling in anymore, right? It's about mm-hmm. either catching up or maintaining. And so uh, while the, the New Jersey Devils are definitely operating with more youth, probably more uh, pep to their step uh, in terms of what they have at their disposal legs-wise, but the, the Golden Knights who, I think yesterday we were talking about five power play goals in the last three games yeah. and eight in their last nine, uh, to continue that type of clip would be fantastic, but at some point you have to regress back to the mean and there will be a game in which Max Pacioretty doesn't score and we just hope that it's not today. I think that by me sitting in here and watching Mm -hmm. hockey with you and learning from from you about hockey, Mm -hmm. I think that as you said by osmosis, at some point when I start talking hockey with other people, I'm going to sound like you. I'm going to absorb the Minnesota accent. Are you saying the accent's coming out right now? I it mean, does it, come it, out it a does bit. come out a little bit. You should. When I come back from uh, our, our our break here at the end of the year in a couple of weeks, it will be worse because every time <laughs> I go home and uh, or or it comes out when I talk hockey the most, and so I'll be in the soup talking about the soup and and writing on one of the alphabets myself. But just uh, well, let's do a little history lesson here, uh, Ross. You you see the lines that are right b- behind the the goalie there. Uh, where it kind of looks like a trapezoid behind the net. Mm -hmm. So about 10, 15 years ago, that didn't exist back there. And the only reason it does is because a goaltender that is no longer in that New Jersey Devils sweater but is probably most synonymous with it, Martin Brodeur, was so good at puck handling that the league literally implemented a rule because of him. You're very familiar with this with the Tom Brady rule. Like that you just yeah. when you're that good at something or you mean that much to a product, sometimes you, you get have to perks. level the play the you sometimes you get play. perks and sometimes the the perks are being given to everybody else because you are too good. And Marty was was a, a, a guy that the game was very different. Goalies were a lot more uh involved with puck handling and you're seeing a little bit more of a of a return to that as of late as the Golden Knights are doing the same thing in terms of scoring uh Mac Black Dylan Coughlin just gets inserted into the lineup last minute. Oh, who cares? I'm going to score a goal. Hopefully he gets another three. That's what he did last year. He, had a, it up. he had a hat trick in the third period uh, when they played Minnesota last year, and they ended up losing that game. It was like 5-4. to four. It was like, how would you feel if one of your first games ever, your first goal, you score your first goal ever as a, uh, as a player in the NHL, you score two more on the road, and you mm-hmm. lose. <laughs> the worst. But they got off to a bad start. I think they pulled flower after the first period and then, then tried to fight their way back in, but ultimately fell short. Uh, but Marty Brodeur was a, a guy that just did that better than everyone else. And when you have a goaltender that acts basically as a third defenseman where you can draw four checkers to you saying, please come closer, please come closer, because I know where to exactly put this puck and I'll break it up out the boards and we're going to have an odd person rush going down the other way. Or just even the 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 skill set of just stopping the puck behind the net as it's getting rung around in a in a when a when a team dumps it in because you you want to beat you know your opposition to that puck yeah and so if you have that ability to stop it and have a fixed point where it's the most protected point on the ice plus you're making 
the other team who's forechecking go all the way down to the furthest depths that they that you can on the ice, it's usually going to work out better for you. But even that, just that small little thing, you can very easily get caught up in the net as you're going around it or or just the puck bounces up over your stick or it's on a roll. Like there's so many uh, goalie kerfuffles. And a lot of times people who are – don't have the trained eye to really decipher, well, is that a goal that they should have given up because they just see the goalie outside of the blue paint? You're not supposed to be there. It's not always the case. Um, And ultimately, even if people do make mistakes, rectifying them and making them deviate away from that thought process probably isn't a great thing because then you're making them move away from what they are, unless it was, you know, a behavior or something that they were kind of reacting to it. They were Mm -hmm. in a panicked state of mind or something, but that's exactly what, what Marty used to do behind there. And so when that NHL lockout around 05, 06, um, when scoring was really low, it was, uh, it was a lot of neutral zone trap that was uh, really born in the New Jersey Devil organization when Jacques Lemaire was the head coach there for years. He was there uh, through all the cup years with Marty Brodeur. I think they won three of them. Uh, but with that, it was all about defense first, keeping people to the outside because we want to keep goal scoring low because we can win that way. Um, but obviously didn't make for the best product on the ice. So they'd try to make all these little changes, uh, including the trapezoid behind the net. So now if you're a goalie and you play it and you play the puck anywhere outside of that trapezoid behind the behind the goal line, penalty. It's funny how sometimes work stoppages when it comes to sports, whether it's a lockout mm-hmm. or a, a strike, you know, it could also, you know, in some way bring forth a better product product yeah you know because that that's a result of, of We're not fighting of, for no reason right? sure well like also you know the, the strike happened in major league baseball in what 90, 97 seven, 97 yeah, seven sounds and right. then the next season you know there's a lot of people that are like i'm i'm done with baseball over right. it and then and we had mark mcguire mark and sammy McGuire, sosa, sammy sosa mm-hmm. even griffey was part of that for yeah. a while uh, we forget about griffey because yeah. he fell off the fell off the the race a little bit in early august how dare he ken griffey jr but yeah you're you're absolutely right and there's over corrections and and out of that lockout, we also got the shootout, which mostly sucks now. Mm-hmm. People were really pumped about that, but we've moved away from uh, that as much in favor of the, the 3v3 overtime, which now some people are saying, well, now that people are taking it out of the offensive zone and resetting and then allowing their lines to change instead of just skating around and probably take or turning the puck over and getting scored on, now people are saying it's not exciting anymore. I'm like, no, people learn the lessons on, on how to best – uh, equip themselves to win this particular moment and how to defend it. And sometimes that means you have unintended consequences and, and things aren't as flashy bang bang as you want them to be. But ultimately, it is better than what it has to be. And now that I think about it, that uh, Marty Brodeur, um, that rule is made because of him in a devil's uniform. And then the other lockout, I mean, it wasn't all because of the devils, but it was pretty much because of the devils. Because yeah. The contract that they tried to sign or that they signed Ilya Kovalchuk to um, just over a decade ago, it was like the, they were hiding money and backloading it, like very NFL steely, uh, just trying to find these little pockets of money to make sure we stay under the cap. But in the NHL, the contracts are fully guaranteed. And so they were trying to circumnavigate the cap. And so that paired with the deals that the Minnesota Wild signed Zach Parisi away from the New Jersey Devils, uh, along with Ryan Suter, similar type of construction and, and thought processes. Both of those uh, just playgrounds that those GMs were allowed to make those contracts in were closed down going mm-hmm. forward because it it was, again, circumnavigating the cap. It was the, the Devils were fined a ton of money for the Colville Chuck thing. They were 
uh, deducted draft picks and everything. So technically, the Devils have caused at least the last couple big time lockdowns for our lockouts for the NHL. And so what a legacy to to lead for them uh, other than the three cups, because Marty Brodeur and Patrick Waugh were my two names that I grew up worshiping, like as, as a young net minder. Right. And I always wanted to have Patrick Waugh's fire and competitiveness and just overall next save, next save, don't care. Um, that ego definitely has its drawbacks too. But then Marty was so fluid. He just kind of, found ways to stop pucks by any means. And goaltending is an art form more than it is a position, Rossi. And so there's a lot of coaches, and especially these days, because we just have so much data, we have so many things that we can track, that we can really start developing kids as they as they grow up and make cookie-cutter goaltenders, essentially, mm-hmm. where they all kind of look the same, they all kind of make saves the same way. If it's going to your glove, your glove is here, and you go out and you catch it this way. Or if it's a stick save and then the rebound goes into the corner, you go T-push into the post, set, and then hinge out. And that can be helpful for some people that don't have as much awareness in their body or don't necessarily think the game at that at a deep level where they just kind of need to be told where to go and then their body will learn how to do it and then you just rely on muscle memory. But I was always one of the goaltenders that wanted to go a little bit more of a smooth jazz route. I just wanted to battle. I wanted to compete. I always got in trouble in college practices uh, with Coach Matthews because I loved spitting rebounds back out because I just wanted to keep playing. Yeah. It wasn't, in my mind, the most important pertinent thing as a goaltender wasn't to smother it and cover it up which it really that's what it should be it was to keep battling and it was just to keep uh staying in that soup until it, the the stoppage came to me rather than me forcing the stoppage on the actual play and and marty you would just see him make saves in the manner that would never be taught by anybody or he wouldn't even know how, how recall what he did because he was just like i just figured out how to do it he was a guy that would drink sprites in between um, periods in the mm-hmm. locker room, you know, nowadays we're like, we got our Gatorade chewing and our, our, our protein shakes and our, our Luna bars. And, and I mean, back in the day where they were smoking darts and drinking Sprites and other things. And yeah. so it was just, he was the rink rat goalie that I think a lot of people probably liken Jack Campbell to these days, who was the netminder for the Toronto Maple Leafs, where he's just very unconventional, very athletic, floppy. And sometimes you can get him spun around and all of a sudden there's holes that normally wouldn't be there and otherwise. But sometimes, more times than the cookie cutter goalies, they'll come up with a save that they have no business making, that they're out of position for. And it might be the save that saves the game or the playoff series, or what have you. And so I would much rather have a goalie that can work with fluidity than work through through rigidity. I have a question about, you know, coming up and being a hockey fan and, and growing up and, mm-hmm. and playing goalie. Is goalie a desirable position for kids, or is it is it one of those things with, for the, with for hockey? The, for a certain type well, of kid, yes. Yeah, because <laughs> you would think that yeah. uh, if, if you're the more athletic type, you know, everybody wants to be Jordan, everybody wants to be Kobe, and I would assume that – you know, when it comes to hockey, everybody wants to be Sydney or, you know, sure. they want they want to be the fast guy on the ice that can get the shots in, score sure. from anywhere, because um, that's where the, the praise comes in. Mm-hmm. And does it take someone like a Martin Brodeur or Patrick Waugh to, uh, you know, change that position and make kids go, you know what, I want to do that? I, I think they definitely, you have those flash pan moments where you see a save or... Like I was saying yesterday, I just walked into the locker room for my first practice and I saw the pads and I was like, I want them. Mm -hmm. And that's the goalie position 
calls out to the people it's meant to. We're born, we're born that way. And I don't, sometimes you can inspire that, but it happens usually at a young age where you just see it and you're just, you gravitate towards it. But in terms of like the, the filtering of athletes, that's a, that's a more nuanced question that we can get into uh, as well, because there's obviously the choice of the athlete of which sport do I go into that's going to give me the max thing. And that's different for boys than it is for girls because just straight up we have different considerations in the future than we do at both of those things. So if I'm trying to make the most money and have the least amount of quote unquote beat up with my body, I probably go baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing more of a shift in, in different sports just based off of opportunity, be, be that of the talent that the kids are bringing themselves or the lack of space up top. But we're getting better athletes in hockey and we're getting better athletes in the goaltending position. We talked earlier this week about the larger goalies um, and specifically Ben Bishop and how his body's broken down a little bit earlier, probably than some of his counterparts will, who are just a few years younger because he was the one of the first big guys to play the game. And with that or play the position in the way that he did. And with that, he didn't have all of the techniques that had been worked through and then streamlined and then made better because this one hurts your hips a a lot more versus, you know, because it could be the difference of having your knee going straight up versus having it in another two inches. This can be surgery at 30, and this could be surgery never, Rossi. Mm -hmm. And so with – those types of athletes going in now, you see people getting mad about their scorings down again. The goalie pads are too big. The nets are too small and stuff. And so there's that give and take, that that ebb and flow, the back and forth. And so ultimately, I, I think more and more people are are getting involved in, ho- in hockey than ever before. And because goalie is now more accessible in terms of training, we know how to train them better. Um, whether it's actually accessible and affordable, that's a completely different road. But Again, about the data, about um, just how we can we can catalog everything. That alone will bring in more people that wouldn't have been uh, participating in that sport or that position uh, if it hadn't existed. And there's no lead to exist. There's about five minutes left in the first period. The Golden Knights and New Jersey Devils are knotted at one apiece. I wish I could do this all day, but we can't because we have to get to a break, <laughs> get to our final segment, and into the darkness and the abyss. So let's get to it. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. 
Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. You found the Playmakers. Only on 1140 The Bet. Las Vegas. Just an absolutely tremendous time here on the Playmakers. Uh, Lindsey Brown and Ross Mahoney here just for a few more minutes. And if you missed any of the minutes, any of the seconds of greatness that we've put forth today or any other day, um, you can podcast it on the Odyssey app. It is free. Google Play Store, Apple App Store. You just have to click on it or tap it with your fingers because clicks took away the home button. They took away our scroller. They took away the screen or the keyboards. Yeah. Except for the Blackberries. You also have to know how to spell Odyssey. Yeah. How do you spell that again? A-U-D-A-C-Y. Perfect. Excellent cadence as well. And uh, search out the Playmakers or the Nightcap and then hit the heart and then share with all of those that you hold near and dear because dreams only come true if people allow them to. And that sharing would be a great place to start. And so to close out our show, talk a little basketball here and um, Steph Curry broke the three-point record this week. I don't know if anybody heard. Um, and that he changed the NBA as well. Well, he irreparably. was lucky, lucky to have Pete Davidson in the audience when he did Obviously, it. a memory that will be seared into the minds of so many others and at least a few of the camera bulbs because the old-timey people were there taking pictures. Remember when they used to go, Yeah. It like set itself on fire. It's funny. You see these old like footages of like the old Super Bowls, and as they kick off, all you see are the flash bulbs going off. Yeah. You never see that anymore. Or I was thinking last night, just seeing Frank Reich, they had uh, footage of him in Buffalo years ago because I was watching the Hard Knocks, and Indy was up there a few weeks ago. And I'm just like, how old is he? How old is he in that footage? And yeah. like, how much older people look 50, 30, 40 years yeah, ago yeah. than we like do now? Probably 27, and he looked like he was 50. Right. And granted, there's film quality, there's fashion, obviously, that that we now, like, what was hot and fashionable there then was always dated to people like me. But just like people look way more weathered. People look like actual adults. And maybe it's just because I'm here in a Kingdom Hearts shirt or like uh, Rugrats and stuff. We we refused to grow up because we, we had to grow up so young. It's back to what you were saying about Marty Brodeur. I mean, they were yeah. they were smoking cigs and, yeah. and, uh, and you know, on the sidelines. And, and they they lived a rougher life. They were yeah. probably out I had to partying. jump my car on the way to the game today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's they very true. Mustaches and the, you yeah. know. You know. It's a harder life, the hard knock life. And so uh, that's why in in terms of the pull-up shooting, while it's not the first introduction we're seeing in the league, I mean, we with Kobe, we had Kevin Garnett, the pull-up shooting has always been in the game. But it used to be bully ball. It used to be get the ball in the paint and then see whose elbows wins out and and rebound until someone goes down. And obviously that's changed because of Steph. He Mm -hmm. has allowed a lot of people to reimagine what uh, efficient basketball is, what winning basketball is. And so there's a lot of people shooting threes, and there's just a lot of people, uh, therefore, pulling shoot shoot up jumpers. Even big men. Big men now are are stepping back and shooting the the ball instead of going hard in the paint. Yeah, 
Carl Anthony Towns, DeAndre Ayton, those guys would never be tasked with thro- with shooting a free three mm-hmm. ball ever. They'd be benched for doing so. And now it's almost like the Alvin Kamara effect where all of a sudden, oh, there's the edge. Well, then if you can find your way to that edge, we have to be able to, to utilize it and make it a big part of our offense. And so many teams have, have done that. But then, as we were talking about earlier, there's always a little self-correction, a deviation back to the norm. Now it's not just three pointers. Now we're doing we're doing uh, longer twos. Where especially when we're talking about like the Phoenix Suns and the Devin Booker's and the and the Chris Pauls. Um, we actually talked about this off the air yesterday. Yeah. That it's there's there seems to be the lost art of the of the mid range jumpers. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are either shooting threes or they're they're taking it to the hole. And the reason why they're shooting threes is because they're such good shooters. Right. People like Steph. It it's almost a disadvantage to shoot a two when mm-hmm. you can take one step back and sink a three. Yeah, just ask Kevin Durant in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. <laughs> Seriously, yeah, it, it's it's. Once that becomes the norm, too, once more teams start to employ that offense, then it becomes that rule, and that's where you can find that edge where those those pull-up jumpers from the, from mid-range, and now all of a sudden those can be worth more because all of a sudden you're trying to – you're forcing them to kind of change the way that they play because they would assume that you would also counter with the same type of ball, the same type of people to cover them because they're the highest point of energy. They're the, they're the whatever, but – all you need is a couple missed threes, and while you can miss more of them and still get to the point totals you need to find the win, it will eat away at the confidence of your players if you keep going bricks, bricks, bricks. Yeah. Like, just seeing something succeed. Those are the little things that I, I talk about in hockey all the time where when, like, the Knights aren't scoring. Like, stop focusing on scoring and start focusing on winning a 50-50 battle in the corner or, like, making a, a not a tape-to-tape pass from, like, across the ice, but how about you go up the boards and you bump it through that way and it's through traffic and stuff. And you see those little things go right and how that is so much more organically um, just self-starting and fulfilling and how that can feed your overall energy in the game uh, a lot longer than hitting a couple corner threes, which can get you out of a slump really quick. But it's just that's a that's a heck of a mountain to to live and die on. What do you think is more psychologically damaging? Uh, a player that keeps putting up bricks and not being able to sink a shot, or you know, a, a baseball player that that's having a hard time getting a hit? Ooh, I think probably basketball because they're not as acquainted with failure as baseball players are because naturally you're that if you're three batting 350 that means you're failing a lot but that's about as good as you yeah, can play percentages absolutely and so and with that there's just a different level of understanding of I will work my way out of this and, and pacing difference too because if you're a basketball player and say you're Steph Curry and you're and you're sending up bricks, uh, that's a huge omission to our plan for success today. Yeah, like baseball, you can get it done a lot di- more different ways, uh, and there's just more players. Well, like you said, you know the percentages are off too because if you're a hitter and you're hitting 350 or 360, mm-hmm. you're considered to be a good hitter right. at that point. And and really, you're only hitting 36% of, of, of the time that you're up to bat. But it's probably the closest comparable we have to the three-point shot because, as we highlighted, you can have that lower percentage. You can miss more because you can make up more ground when you do hit them. Um, but, it, yeah, the psychologically, the damage right there, it would be tough. How long do you think it would take you to work yourself back into your best shot um, say if you're like Clay Thompson, because yeah. the Achilles and the knee and stuff, and just trusting your body—that's something that all athletes have to go through if they suffer any sort of catastrophic injury, or even if it's not catastrophic, because there's it's trauma on your body. 
Like, how long do you think it would take you to kind of feel comfortable back in that environment? Uh, it would probably take a lot of, you know, just I, I don't know if it's practice or actual, you know, like sometimes you see a quarterback when, you know, after a bad injury, they come back and they go, listen, yeah. they go, I didn't feel like myself until I took a real big hit. Right. You know, during the game. Mm -hmm. So maybe it takes actually being in a game because you could sit there and launch threes and practice or you can sit there and try your shot. Right. And, and hope that it comes back. But you're not going to get the confidence until you can actually do it in a game. Yeah. You need the physical feedback yeah. to actually be that taking of the hit or making of the shot. Because sometimes you have somebody who's fully ready to go and then they're just they put up bricks and all of a sudden they start doubting what they are or, or their process or what what if they can even play anymore. And it gets back to that what we talked about yesterday about being muscle memory. Yeah. And so much of Steph's shot is and mindlessness. Memory. Mindlessness. Yes. He, he's not thinking about anything. He's just launching because that's what he does. Right. He's got his form. He knows and he can tell the second the ball comes off his fingers if it's going to go in mm -hmm. or if it's not. And that's not to say that like there are no thoughts going through the brain because this is something I worked on with my sports psychologist a lot. He's thinking about between... Pete Davidson. Yeah. It, well, but th that's the thing is like you can't – I think so many people have – just a, a a bad understanding of what good mental hygiene is and like what quieting the mind means because we think that means oh there's no thoughts and it's completely silent I, my brain has never been completely silent ever but it's i believe that do yeah do you have the ability to let things go and decipher and pick words up and pick things up and then put them down because when I let in a goal, naturally, it would be like, you suck. This is going to be another one. The next shot, you've been off your angle. You had tough warm-ups. Like, it's so easy to have that voice. And then on the other voice, you're fine. You're good. You just need to gap out. You just need to reset here. I don't need either of them. What I do need is a running beat of the Yeezus soundtrack, <laughs> and that's what I would That's what I would grab onto. Yeah. So I was, and that's what I would just go through, and that's what I would focus on. And those other thoughts would come in, be like, yep, you're there. I acknowledge your presence. But then I would go back to the beat, and then they would go away. Well, the more you do it, too, the more you can let go of things. It's Absolutely. like, you know, Ted, Ted Lasso, the famous line is, be a goldfish, right? Yes, 100%. So you can do that, you know, even when I started out in radio, I, if I had a bad show, I, it would just live with me. Now, mm -hmm. you have a bad show, next day you have another one. Exactly. Unless you get fired. Exactly. Regardless, it's about letting go mm -hmm. or just having that ability to pull the, the, pull the parachute cord. not everyone can cord. do it. Exactly. It, it, but it's little steps. It's, it's about noticing that's the first step is noticing what you're thinking, because if you can stop yourself once, you can do it over and over and over again. And so it is all about practice. It is all about reps and uh, you will you will be what you feed. Mm -hmm. And so just a little psychological nuggets of knowledge to close out the show today. Thanks to Mark. Thanks to uh, Adrian. Thanks to you, Rossi. Thanks to the listeners. And uh, hopefully the Gold Knights can get a few more biscuits in the basket. We'll have the breakdown tomorrow, 3 to 5 p.m. per usual. This is the Playmakers on the Bet 1140. Have a great rest of your evening. And use your blinkers, please. Go Knights, go. Sports! We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.